Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Top of the morning to you, patrons. Welcome to Thursday. And while we're at it, welcome to Lucas in the morning. Wow, man. All right, it's Thursday. You should know the drill. Today, we're joined by a couple of our friends from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and Chaos Online. Wow, cool. At 7.15, it's Spoon, Tom Silverstein. Wow, 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 wow. And at 7.45, the hater. Jeff Patrickus. Hold up a second. I'm getting more breaking news. At 7.30, we'll break down the state championship football games with Travis Wilson of Wisports.net. And then, of course, it always comes down to these two. Welcome to my world. Wow, I can't find a flaw in his logic. It's Rob Vogel and Mike Lucas. <laughs> yeah, what a world. Yeah, why don't you mention Dr. J while you're at it? Just not two of us. One of these years. The doctor over there, right? What kind oh, of doctor? doctor! Hello. Yeah. Hello, everybody. What a what a huge weekend for sports in the Madison area, starting tonight with Xavier at the Kohl Center, starting today with the state high school playoffs, starting today after this show for Dr. J, because he then turns off his brain and goes <laughs> hunting. Isn't that right? No, I got to work for about 14 more hours today, uh, and oh, then... Boo. Poor you. Working, uh, working right, through I'll, the Badger game tonight. I'll and, take the uh, bait. What do you mean turn off his brain? That assumes that it was on. Oh, uh, right. that's, that's a good point. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, then uh, I'll be waking up at this time tomorrow and uh, driving up to Florence, Wisconsin, about four hours north of here. So I want to give you a few minutes, a bit of a form. How long have you hunted? <laughs> uh, since I was about 17, I got into it because uh, a couple friends of mine were into it. I, so I, didn't, it I didn't grow up in a household. It was a hand-me-down from... No generation to generation no definitely not would you uh, say that's the case though in the state of wisconsin for the most part oh yeah oh for sure um i think i was just one of the weird few but i mean i don't know if you knew my dad you'd probably understand why why he wasn't into hunting but uh, he's more of a city boy let's let's put it that way and what what's the most compelling incentive for you to be a hunter i'm just asking because i'm a non-hunter um honestly i really just enjoy the time being up there camaraderie i half the time I go hunting is with my friends, and then the other half is with my family, uh, my uncle, who is like a second dad to me, pretty much. Because right. so, it's a I pretty mean, important thing here in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll tell you this, for for nobody, for people who haven't ever been hunting before, there is something kind of grounding about being in the wilderness for a while. Um, it kind of brings you back to reality a little bit. It's really serene. It's really beautiful. You get sunrises, sunsets. Yeah, I feel it, that way when is... I check into a Holiday Inn. <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> It's how, impressive. How old were you when you first started hunting? 17. That's, That's 17. old. That's old. Well, what's, yeah, the, what's the law now? Isn't there, there's been debate about what the law well, is. I think, be in the I think they just... You can be to go out and now, shoot look, a gun. This is a sports show, so I, I don't know the ins and outs, but I believe they just changed it that if as long as you have a mentored hunt, I mean, as long as you're with somebody of right. age, there basically isn't an age limit to go hunting. The reason I ask is because I had emailed my sister about getting together for Thanksgiving, and they live up in the, in the Twin Cities, 
And she got back to me that her son, uh, my nephew, who's eight, I believe, was going to be gone. He was going to who wanted to go hunting, so he's going to go out hunting for the first time. Yeah. And she was going to go with him as he, he goes with uh, uh, some other uh, family friends who who go hunting. I'm like. Eight, really? That seems awfully young to be going out there. I don't I think, know what the law is. Honestly, or... I think the law in Wisconsin was 10 until they just changed it. Okay. Once again, though, I, I may be a little bit wrong on this. Have you ever shot a gun? I have. I took gun safety classes, you know, back when I was a kid. So That's I, a I've great thing. It. I think everybody should take it, regardless I, if they own a gun. I not. did it then. I didn't go hunting. My dad went uh, pheasant hunting on occasions. Uh, that's really pretty much all the hunting I think he did. So we weren't huge hunters. More, you know, there wasn't a lot of opportunity growing up in the city, so you definitely would have to make a trip of it, like Doctor J did. But I mean, I guess mainly more than anything, I was just too busy doing other stuff. I know I our it. our audience will increase incrementally this weekend because people will be out hunting and they'll be listening on the radio to the Badger game. All right, sure. And and most of the hunters, even though this is a big game, will still just go hunt because that's even bigger in their lives. Right. Yeah. Opening opening weekend is about yeah. as big as it gets. It's a Fire. huge. Yeah. It, it has that impact that the state football championship games, which we'll talk to Travis Wilson from Wistot Sportsnet, uh, Wistonet, uh in the second hour of the show. They have to get the games done, or they try to get the games done on Friday by a certain time because everybody's going out hunting afterwards. And you see the crowd at the Division One championship games, usually wearing all the orange. The, the stands will be full of oranges. People will get done with the game. And then, boom, they're on the road well, to go out hunting. And so the last game kicks off at 4 o'clock, so they're done by 6. Is that six Kimberly and Sun Prairie? Uh, the last game uh, is on 4 is Wanakee against Brookfield Central. Right. Yeah, and then Kimberly, excuse me, yeah, that's at 1. Kimberly, Sun Prairie is at 4, yes. Yeah, that's huge game. So right. do you have a good hunting story? You don't have to share it right away. Think about one. Oh, boy. A hunting highlight? I mean, I, last year I shot my first buck. So, I mean, that's... Is that unusual? I, I, to wait 10 years to actually get a buck? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say What'd you so. do with it? I took it in to get processed. I got a ton of meat. We, we you probably, like, we you, even, you like venison steak? You know, steak's some kind of impartial, venison, too. Venison uh, brats? Honestly, I like the I like all the sausage you can make. I like all the little links, all the little flavored kind of links. I don't know. You get, like, spicy ones. Those are good times. Um... But no, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, we get a lot of ground meat. We haven't had to buy meat like this entire year. It's it's really? like five hundred dollars worth of meat that we basically didn't have to buy. <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong about this, but it seems like with people that go fishing, one of the fun things to do is everybody's got their fishing tale about the one that got away. So it's, I had this huge one, couldn't get it in the boat, or something about the one that got away. I never hear that with hunters. They're never talking about the one that got away. They're always usually talking about their trophy. I got this buck, you know, this many points. It's up, uh, mounted up in the living room wall or in the den or whatever. But I rarely hear stories from them about the one that got away. Well, here, I'll, I'll when tell When you're out uh, there in the woods sharing stories, are you talking about the one that got away ever? I always think about the one that got away from me. There, well, I just I didn't even see it. I was in a tree stand, uh, harnessed in safely and properly, Ned Yost. Unlike Ned Yost, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, basically, I was kind of just scanning left, scanning right, and then uh, I was there was a big open field that I was basically on the edge of, and suddenly in the middle of the field was like a massive buck, mm-hmm. just running. And I was like, where did where did this even come from? <laughs> like, how did I not see this thing walk in? It had clearly picked me up somehow, and poof, there it was. But, I mean, that was the biggest buck I had seen. So you you can spend all this time out there and not see anything, right? Uh, that's the majority of what I do is is watch nothing. So how do you keep how do you keep interested? I'm serious. You listen to the radio, no, right? I mean, you listen to the Badger game. No, I mean, <laughs> what do you do to occupy yourself? 
Uh, in past years, I remember one time I got lost going out to my uh, oh, no. stand. Um, <laughs> I just got turned around a little bit, but I knew I was somewhat close, so I just sat down in the snow, uh, pulled out my phone, and started reading Did articles snow about angels? the Packers. Did you do snow angels? No. Oh. I'm not trying to get cold intentionally. But no, I just pulled out my... Because phone... I, I was four hours north in Florence, Tipler, Wisconsin. I mean, you're talking way, way north. Well, do you and have I'm hunting territory where you'll be this weekend? Well... Well, yes, that's a weird yes. <laughs> I mean, but you go every year to the same spot. Yeah, a buddy right. of mine's cabin. Yeah, and then then I go over to the UP and uh, join my uncle. For so the then, next, when, like, five when you're done hunting during the day, you go back to the cabin and get all liquored up. <laughs> No, you don't have to get liquored up. Huh? He has just, this impression. I, he asked me yesterday, like drunks. during a commercial yeah. break, you stepped out. He asked me this question. He's like, "So how many how many hunters do you know get drunk?" Which, like, by the way, um, not to disparage, because it's no different than going to a Packer game or a Badger game or whatever. That there's a bunch of drunks there too. Everybody has cocktails. Yeah, yeah. I think at night, uh, I don't know anybody who drinks like. While hunting, you're kind of operating a firearm and drinking. Those are two things that don't mix. I'm sure the DNR would be happy that I'm giving away this PSA right here. And now to get really inside baseball and hunting, I had heard something uh, the other day on the radio, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, that this year uh, the hunting could be trickier for some because of, and this had to do with the crops and the corn, that it was later later this year for the harvest of the corn. So whatever's still out there in the fields is higher. It's easier for the deer to still hide out there uh, than the oh, years past. So it might make it more difficult uh, for hunters this year. I, not to wish you I, any bad luck I, or anything. I'm not dealing with cornfields. I'm in the woods, so I don't have to worry about that. But right, I, I well, can definitely see that's a problem. By right. the way, look, if you if you want a quick little insight on why hunting is a little strange sometimes, uh, basically, if, if you're a hunter, you'll kind of understand this. You, you have heard every theory about why you didn't get a deer ever in any situation ever. Yeah. So... I have been out in years where it's really cold. I mean, we're talking like negative eight before wind chill. Uh, it's brutal. You can only get out to like 8, 8 a.m. and you're just done. You can't handle it anymore. And then you get in. Everybody says, oh, did you see anything? And everybody says, no. Oh, well, it's way too cold. You, the, the deer don't move when it's this cold. But then I've also been out there when it's like 45 and you don't see anything. And then you get in. Everybody says, did you see anything? No. Oh, it's way too warm. They don't move when it's this warm. And it's like, so what? Is there like this three degree temperature right. where the deer move and then otherwise they're Very just dormant for the rest of the year? A few years ago, we did a story with, and you'll know this, Mike, that uh, Jacob Pedersen and Ryan Groy right. from the Badger football team, two very big hunters, they would trash talk each other on Twitter, in fact, about hunting. And if they got any sort of break, I mean a day off in practice, whatever the case might be, they would go in the afternoon and go out hunting. And Pedersen was a bow hunter. And so he took us out into wherever that was fairly close by. Uh, that he could take us up just to show us what he did, how he hunted, what he liked to do, why he liked it, just to do a fun story. I mean, I mean he was great for all of that hey, stuff, and it was a nice story yes, to do. You guys saw that Hundley went hunting like a couple weeks ago, right? Uh, Brent Hundley? I didn't see it. Yeah. I heard that he did. He, yeah. uh, he, he wow, shot he's a, kind of a city guy, too. He got he? a deer, and uh, I believe it was... Um, uh, who's the the receiver that everybody loves in Green Bay? Ah, uh, Jeff Janis, I believe uh, his backyard. <laughs> everybody loves. Well, him. well, that's the first thing Jeff Janis has caught. Here's in a, a, here's a little, oh, here's a little old hack flashback. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm ready. Uh, back in the '70s, Wisconsin offensive tackle John Reimer. Uh, who used to trap bears among other things. What? He hunted everything. This dude would go out there wow. and just hunt everything. Well, Billy Merrick was the tailback, and he's out of Chicago. Right. Billy knew, no, he's like, knew nothing about hunting. So Reimer took him hunting and put taught him enough to know how to handle a gun. Sure. Uh, line, sure enough, big deer right in front of Billy Merrick. 
dropped the gun, couldn't do it. <laughs> just couldn't do it. He couldn't pull the trigger. He's a Chicago, and he's a Chicago guy. Right. Well, Billy telling me that story. I can't do this. I don't know if I'd ever. I mean, deer be one thing. But when the animal can actually kill you, like the bear, I the bear is different. What, yeah, the bear. I'm not messing with a bear. I'm staying away from. Hey, man, this. deer are messing people up. I'm I'm sure, but they're, they're <laughs> oh, a there's less that fear great audio from the Jim Rome used to play it all the time. <laughs> what? Where a guy had a deer in the back of his car. Oh, yes. Remember that? Yes, I do. You remember don't remember that? that? Yes. Uh, yeah. Was this the movie Tommy Boy that he's playing? No. Something like that. It was it's one like of the yeah. one of the most. Uh, Interesting audios you'll ever hear. Right, we'll I'll try to, try to look, look that up during look the break. Oh, Nick Saban it. talking about blue jeans. Did you hear that? No. Yeah, it's another old hack flashback. Only be an old coach flashback. When we come back, I teased it a little bit earlier. Xavier's in town, and there's only one way to welcome the Musketeers to Madison, and we'll do so next on Lucas in the Morning. Sometimes the best way to gain experience is to have some failure in terms of possessions don't go well. Um, you have mistakes that are made, you learn from them, um, and, and then we got to grow the next time we're on the floor. So it's, it's a fine balance between trying to stay positive and encouraging, but at the same time making sure they understand what's good for the betterment of the team. Gardo, Wisconsin head coach Greg Gard, welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with Vogel and Dr. J tonight. The Badgers will play in what is called the Gavit Games, one of the many Gavit Games that have been staged this week. Badgers will play host to Xavier. Really good team, too. Um, if you're at the game, if you're watching the game, or if you're even listening to the game, uh, it won't take you long to figure out this is a very talented group of players capable of making a run, a deep run in March. Uh, but since they're here, we cannot resist the temptation to go back a couple of marches. Um, 2016, Badgers trailed by as many as nine points with less than seven minutes to play in the game. Game at the Scott Strade Center in St. Louis. Second round game. Down by nine. They made a rally. And Bronson Koenig hit a three with 11 seconds remaining uh, to tie it up. And then Zach Showalter took a charge. Huge charge with about four seconds left. And the Badgers... Did a really smart thing, at least Nigel Hayes did. Instead of advancing the ball immediately after the charge, or rather, instead of calling a timeout immediately after the charge, they advanced the ball to midcourt and then called the timeout, all right, to put them themselves in a position for a game-winning shot, potentially. And they ran a play called the wagon wheel. All right, the inbounder, side inbounder was Ethan Happ. Um, number one option was Nigel Hayes. Nigel Hayes around the rim. And you said Nigel was the one, wasn't Nigel the one with the idea about Nigel, calling the timeout? Yeah, Nigel at, alertly, it to alertly yep. said, hey, don't don't call the timeout right away. Just let's advance to sure. midcourt. Then call the timeout. Right. Um, Hayes was covered. Prior to the ball being inbounded, Koenig had walked over to Happ and said, if I'm open, give me the rock, give me the rock. <laughs> well, sure enough, it all played out that way. Let's listen. Three different versions, and this is very unique, that three of the really, truly, Great voices in the state of Wisconsin. We're all on site. So you're going to hear from Matt LaPay, and I don't know what order this is, uh, Wayne Larravee, the Daggermeister, and Brian Anderson. That order. There we go. And 
Neath and a half looking and looking. Gets it into Koenig. Right side shooting for the win. Got it! Got it! Watson Koenig at the buzzer. And if it stands, the Badgers will move to Philadelphia. Jalen Reynolds defends for Xavier. Half looking on the inbounds. Gets it to Koenig. Right side. Elevates for three. And the win! Bring it up! Yes! Wisconsin! 66-63 Bronson Koenig off the right baseline! And the Badgers are dancing to the Sweet 16! Here we go. Two to go. Trip to the Sweet 16. Koenig's got it. Rises up. The shot! And it's good! It's good! Wisconsin has won it! Pretty cool, huh? It's a tough one because a couple of those calls... We've joked up about before about the analyst stepping on the toes of the play-by-play guy there and ooing and eyeing or saying something <laughs> back. At, at that moment, though, you can kind of understand a little bit. Like that last one was just a ooh. I yeah, mean, that was kind of cool. I'm okay with that yeah. in like in in gigantic moments when you get just a little slip of excitement. That's okay. Right. As long as you're not drowning out the play-by-play yeah. when, guy, so we can get out the call. When, when yeah. you're talking over the call, I'm, that's disapp- right. I'm disappointed <laughs> that uh, Wayne couldn't get the dagger in there. I, <laughs> and there I is think your dagger. Well, I the think, game was over, so I guess it doesn't yeah, it really had have to be the as dagger. much impact. I, I, but I think it's his thing for the Packers. I don't think he can transfer no, it over. No, he's used it. He's used it before okay. in, in basketball calls. But like you're right. Usually there's some time still left on the clock when he says there's your dagger, uh, well, <laughs> not he, a buzzer beater. By, like by the way, one. though, I mean, this is this has to be one of the only calls in Wisconsin sports history that has those three guys, let alone two of those guys, calling the same oh, yeah, game. I, was, I, I mean, this is that's yeah, a really was cool missing. Call. I don't know where the hell Euchre yeah, was. Euchre would have been great on <laughs> that one. Fishing somewhere. Uh, d- d- speaking up, of, speak, speaking <laughs> of the dagger... And it's happened in the past and almost happened again Sunday with Wayne. Almost a, a premature daggeration. Oh, did he yes. get that one out early? He got the something? dagger out on the throw. Well, to No, right? To throw the deep sideline boundary toss. To Adams, and then they, yeah. yeah, but then they missed the field goal. Right. So the Bears were still in it. Okay. I, now, Wayne would tell you that he's never missed a dagger call. <laughs> oh, no, he, he's honest. I love Wayne. And he'd tell you that once in a while he gets that dagger out there a little bit too I, early. I feel like there must have been an NFC Championship game against Seattle dagger call that was a little early, right? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe. Maybe when they got the interception. That's what and, I'm thinking, right? The, and, the, oh, you mean the Morgan Burnett interception yeah, where he went and, down for some unknown reason for the dumbest play in the history of sports? But well, yeah, that for play. some unknown reason. It wasn't for some unknown reason. It was Julius Pepper standing yeah, right and in that front was of him dumb. going, get down. And that was get dumb. Down. I will never forgive those two for that play ever. Because you know what? If the if that, if that teams had been reversed, if the Seahawks had intercepted that, if Earl Thomas had it, and, and, and I don't know, Bennett had basically said, get down, get down. I mean, Earl Thomas would have given him the bird and ran past him for a touchdown. I think Burnett tried to take one for the team afterwards. If I recall the post game, I don't think he said. That, oh no, no, I don't he did. He, I don't oh, think he, he very much took the, one for the team, right? Because I don't think he said, "Oh yeah, Julius Peppers, I saw him, and so I went down because yeah. he told me." Well, to. he's. I mean, Tried he mentioned. He I actually, because I recently went on a deep dive of this play again because I hate myself. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, he mentioned Julius Peppers and you know him seeing him, but. Now he took he took the blame for it, but also said it was the right thing to do, which it wasn't. Morgan, there, there was I hate to tell you this. Something happened in the Carolina game this past week where one of the Panthers got an interception, and it made me think of it because I don't know if the guy ran past Peppers or whatever the Good, deal was I on hope his he return. Did. But then there was Peppers talking to him on the on the shot they had after the play, and I'm like, I wonder if this guy said, "See, Julius, you just keep running. You don't just lay down in the middle of the field when the game's not over." And there's still four minutes. Uh, one of the things I remember from the Xavier Wisconsin game is watching the video the game. 
After- hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. The game and then seeing the cameras focus on Bill Murray. Right. I was just watching kid, that. Uh, whose kid was an assistant. It's or, the best. I don't know if he still is or not. But uh, And then seeing his face. Whoa. Yeah. And I, was that, I wonder if that was the same year. Maybe it was the year before where they had done some big stories with Bill and his son about coaching and the fact that his son had never seen Caddyshack or all these different things that they talked about that his dad. That's a lie. No. He went through and said, I've never seen the movie. Oh, come on. Uh, oh, yeah. My, my dad is Bill Murray. I haven't you seen know, any of his You know, movies. though, when um, last year the big celebrity storyline was Julie Louis-Dreyfus, her son playing for Northwestern. And so I remember... Well, they focused on her a lot. A lot. And uh, her husband uh, is Brad Hall, who used to be on Saturday Night Live. Brad Hall and the kid were on Dan Patrick's show. And when you listen to the kid talk, it's like around the house, their mom and dad. I mean, I had, I had they're funny around the house. I haven't watched or done as many of their things all the time or see all the stuff like we all do and consume what they do. Uh, I don't buy any of that. Uh, Luke Murray. Okay. Luke Murray is still on the Xavier staff. I'm Chris Mack staff. So he'll be at the Cold Center. Let me tell you this. You say you, Do you think Bill that? will be there? Uh, will Bill be there tonight? Extremely smaller scale. My wife and kid almost never watched when I did the TV news. That's okay. My, my so. wife never <laughs> never listens to the show. So, good, good for exactly. her. And they don't listen to the show. So look, we're perfect examples That's for true. this. Okay. We just proved the point. Fair enough. Uh, there will be a, B at the, a Bill at the Cold Center. A Bill. Bill Raftery. A kiss. Oh, nice. With Tim Brando. My good friend Steve Lavin will be there on site as one of the Fox analysts. It's a Fox game, Fox Sports 1, 7.30 tip tonight. Cole Center, the Musketeers. What if they bring that goofy oh, goofy mascot? Uh, He's kind of freaky. Had he, cocktails once with Bill Raftery and Vern Lundquist after one of the games. Uh, Raftery likes ago. his cocktail. He does. He was the life of the party. Everybody wanted to come up and buy him a drink. All right, when we come back, a little college football. Uh, what's happened at Arkansas? Well, is that foreshadowing another move that could happen in Arkansas? We'll fill you in on the details next on Lucas in the Morning. Yeah, that's always fun, you know. We pride ourselves on being one of the most physical teams on the field, you know, every single game. So that's one thing we pride ourselves on. So when you can move the chains, you know, just slow it down the field, you know, it is a good feeling. You know, you always watch programs like this, and you watch them go at it, and you're like, wow, I mean, that must be uh, crazy to play in that kind of game, and now I'm about to play in it. So it's um, it's an exciting feeling. You know, everyone keeps telling me Michigan is always a fun game. It's going to be a fight, you know, snap the whistle every single play, and, uh, you know, I just can't wait. Jonathan Taylor sharing some of his thoughts in advance of Saturday's 
epic tilt matchup game between the Wolverines and the Badgers. 11 o'clock, game day here, starting at 8 o'clock at Bascom. I would think there'd be a pretty good show of students for that and pretty lousy show of students in the first half. I think I'm pretty accurate on those two predictions. Hopefully they can get there this week. Last game of the year, biggest game in the history of Camp Randall Stadium, as we uh, pointed out. You said that. I didn't say that. Uh, I was looking for uh, the the poll because I had the results that was pretty split on that. Uh, When I did ask, given what was at stake, our poll question a couple days ago was asking if you thought this would be the biggest game in the history of Camp Randall. 39% of our voters had said yes, 26% no, 22% only if UW makes the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, there's a step-by-step process here to to stay alive. You have to win, obviously. Right. Um, I go. I still go back to the game in '98 uh, against Penn State when they found out just before kickoff that a win would put them in the Rose Bowl against a really good Penn State team, and the energy level in that stadium was high. Maybe not as high as the Ron Dane game, but the circumstances were totally different. That was a rout. The Badgers routed Iowa. Um, as it turned out. Wisconsin pretty much routed Penn State, but it was a lot tougher. I mean, it just that game had had every, they even had fireworks at the end of the game. They shot fireworks into the sky, uh, celebrating a trip to the Rose Bowl. Those so are, those are special games. The three that just at least quickly come to mind: the three times they had chances to clinch trips to the Rose Bowl at home on the final game of the regular season. That Penn State game, uh, I think of the Ron Dane game against Iowa. And think of a few years back when they played, uh, was it Northwestern, the last game of the, of the regular season? All of those where they crushed them. They weren't even close games that uh, that sent them as Big Ten and champions. And the game that the was Rose played Bowl. in Tokyo was a home game. That was a, that was a closer it game. It was, quote-unquote, a home game. Right, right. And it was funny, too, the way that all developed. Uh, Barry Alvarez, along with Donna Shalala, were just looking for a way to, to spice up the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, they were they had the Coca-Cola Bowl in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. I figured, why not? We'll give up a home game because no one was going to. I mean, it was early in the Alvarez era, and the stadium wasn't full. So they they signed the contracts not knowing that, that Barry had turned it around as quickly as he sure. as he did. And both teams flew out in the same plane, which is kind of wow. unique. That's yeah, a lot of beef on that level uh, going on Michigan there. State went out there with, with a terrible attitude. Uh, George Perlis... Might have been overserved at a couple of functions. Oh boy! Uh, really. Made no sense whatsoever. Um, okay. But was kind of the the laughing stock of of the trip. Uh, it was kind of a hard fought game. It was played in a bad bad baseball stadium. The turf was awful, and players were worried about getting hurt. But just the celebration was real, and the trip home from Chicago with everyone a little punch drunk from the long flight was incredible. Because as soon as the buses, the caravan of buses, got to the state line. Um, there were people over on the viaducts with signs. There were mm-hmm. people honking horns. And the entire caravan pulled onto the field in Camp Randall Stadium for an impromptu pep rally. Right. You talk to any one of those players, any one of those players, and they will say that's the most special moment in their time here at Wisconsin. That pep rally after coming back from Tokyo, knowing they were going to the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. for the first time since 1963. It's funny Incredible. how that has worked because uh, I did a story a few years back on the 2000 Badger basketball team that went to the Final Four. Those players all talk about 
coming back and the pep rally that was held at Camp Randall Stadium and that memory being at the top or near the top yeah, of those their are special, list special, special moments, as special well. events. Yeah, so there's a number of different champions where I've either followed them or covered them where that sort of pep rally was the moment for them. All right, we've been saying since the start of the year that Nick Saban is starting to be likable. I mean, I, I'm the first one to get on that bandwagon. There's something about him that that appeal that is appealing, I think, to a lot of people. So we've got an old hack flashback for me. We got an old coach flashback from Saban yesterday. I, I guess I just wanted to know how we got here. Not to offend anybody out there, but I just walked by some jeans, wore out jeans, holes in them, all cut up. I just remember when I was a kid in West Virginia. I was ashamed to go to school because my jeans were wore out, only because we didn't have any better. Now they buy them that way. I just can't figure out how did we get here. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Right? Right? And I, you know, I've thought that. Saban observational humor from 1994. The right question here. was probably about the running game, for all we know, too. It, it had nothing to do with his answer. Which but is don't you no, think he, that, he actually was wearing special. some. He was wearing jeans, well, yeah. I, I believe I saw a picture of him, like, in some kind of distressed jeans, as they, as the uh, kids would call them. Okay. Haven't you thought that, too? You see somebody walking around with ripped up jeans. How much you pay for those? Sure. Or lots of different fashion styles were like, really? That was not cool. It's great because I got so many old jeans. I can just put them on. Oh, you're you're right up in trend right now, right? Well, my wife likes to, uh, she doesn't like to buy new clothes. She hangs on to hers. They just come back in, in style and fashion. I mean, she's. She's still wearing Badger sweatshirts that she had from when she went to the Rose Bowl back in 94, so she just waits for it all to come back in style. All right, so we teased the segment. Jeff Long was the athletic director at Arkansas. Uh, he got fired yesterday. What's that mean to Brett Bielema? We got a national pundit, Mark Schlabach. Schlabach? Schlabach. Schlabach. On my favorite show. It was with Feinbaum? Yeah. 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 All right, so what did, Mar- what did Schlabach have to say? The brass in, in Fayetteville still upset that he gave uh, Brad Bielema an extension after the 2014 season, after he went 10-15 and 15 in his first two years. And, um, you know, they're going to be on the hook for quite a buyout if Brad Bielema is fired. Um, you know, his, his attorneys are telling us, despite what's out there, that, that they feel that, that Arkansas would owe him $15 million. Yeah, what's out there was a report out of USA Today that that buyout is $5 million. Not 15. There's a big difference there. Still a lot of money, but much more palatable. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For some of those big boosters to write that check versus the 10 to $15 million. Oh, you, so you wonder, Arkansas hires a new AD. Does he give Brett one more year to show him what he can do? Only if that what he can helps, do. Yeah, only well, if that no, helps financially. If, we know if, what he can do. If by coaching another year suddenly reduces the buyout to a huge from a huge chunk of change down to something more manageable. Yes, but otherwise I can't imagine that new AD. Depending on how long it takes them yeah. to bring one in. But I mean, come on, he's not turning around. it around. Are we kidding? But well, no. but more often than not, that new AD will probably give him one year 
to redeem uh, it. But so, the right? thing is, they want to repair their image. They want to repair their team. They want to be one of the top teams in the SEC. I mean, they got to start that now. Depends you can't he, wait another well, year. Well, it depends on how he finishes, too. It'll be just, I mean, this is the first step to get rid of him, no doubt about it. Do you think a new AD is going to give Mike Riley another year in Nebraska? Yeah. To see no. if he can turn. No, tick, tick, exactly. Tick, same tick, thing. Yeah, tick, same thing. Tick, tick. And, and what good did it do for the AD to say, "Well, we're not going to fire him." Well, he didn't say those words. We're, he's safe until the end of the year. Right. You know, he's gone. He's a dead man walking. Well, in I, I think the same thing in uh, in Arkansas. Uh, when we come back, you won't believe what was seen in Green Bay. Was that Aaron Rodgers taking a snap? Taking a snap? Oh, here we go. That's next on Lucas in the morning. For a guy who, you know, just had surgery several weeks ago, I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell, you know, that he had surgery. So, you know, we still got to wait, but um, it, it's good to see. So at the same time, we, we still got to hold up our end of the bargain and, you know, steal a few wins uh, throughout these next several weeks in hopes that, uh, you know, we've got a shot with uh, him coming back. The Claymaker, Clay Matthews. Who was he talking about? Martellus Bennett having surgery? No, oh, yeah. no. What was he talking up. about there? Aaron Charles Rogers. Oh, he's coming back, baby! We'll get excited, get pumped right now. Well, he, did he oh, did God. he take a snap yesterday, or didn't he take a snap yesterday? Even though it was from a trainer, I was reading that he, he did take snap. some snaps, but yes, not he, did. he didn't throw. And he threw down a towel. Oh, yes, he did. It doesn't oh, matter. Larry. He can't come back to a bad. certain date. Too anyway. bad we're not streaming here. Because in my hand, oh, no, no stream today. I have the path. To nine wins, and I didn't even factor in Mr. Rogers. Didn't factor him in. You had to have because he can't yes, come back did. early. You factored him in winning a game or no, two. No, I didn't did you? not. Did not. This did not factor Brett him into my really. Path. Then did it's not. crazier than I that, first no, thought. Wow, that, that, that tells you all. <laughs> yeah, all seeing, all think, knowing. That's what this is all about. I think this week holds the key to you for you and Pozik in our bet, where I gave two and a half as the over under, and you both took the over. That if they win this week and still have the Browns on the schedule, that at least gives them a why, why are they going to drop the Browns? That, sure, well, that yes, the Browns well, are still, they still so have are, them on the so schedule. So is your Tampa they, Bay team, your they, juggernaut well, that's from Tampa likely. Bay. But if they don't win this week, they still have to come up with another win besides uh, the Browns. Hey, the Vikes? They're not. They're going to be on what? the, oh the, hallowed, the you, best team in the division. Yeah, the hallowed what turf of you Lambeau. Been snorting out in the woods oh, with no. this guy. Are you crazy? The path the, the to nine. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers looking sharp, taking snaps and throwing down towels. They're playing yes, an sir. NFC Championship yes, preview sir. this week against the Rams, and you're talking about beating them? Are you um, nuts. I detected some anger in the locker room yesterday. A few guys took shots at Martellus Bennett. Good, yeah. keep taking yes. shots forever. Bakhtiari had the best. The, you know, referring to what Bennett was talking about. So that's all crap. That's, that's all you have to say. Bennett, everything Bennett has had to say in his departure, as Bakhtiari would put it, is all crap. What really got them upset, at, at least publicly, was when he went off on the doctor yes, and the and manner yes. which he did on Dr. McKenzie, because all of these players obviously have had treatment and dealings with Dr. McKenzie. And whether it was Jordy Nelson or Aaron Rodgers, all of them have gone to Twitter and Instagram to voice their support for Dr. McKenzie and say that 
none of their experiences were anything like what Martellus had described his being. All right, I've got a list in my hands now. I put down the path to nine wins. It's a little early. Is it for Friday? Did I miss uh, a day? No, this somewhere is kind this of week? a bonus list. Oh, Do you want me to play the music anyways? <laughs> now listen to. Well, yeah, you can. Let's go oh, ahead. Okay, let's do it. it. It's a bonus. Bonus coverage. We'll just play the music. We'll let the liner come later for the. Uh, the list is five players with at least fifty touches this season who have yet to score a touchdown. All right? Hmm. Are you going to ask us how many Packers are on that list? Exactly. All right. Oh, there's no Packers on this list. Oh. I've had five players, but a former Packers on the list. Do you know who that is? Uh, I don't think Martellus Bennett has 50 touches, does he? Eddie Lacy. (laughs) Eddie Lacy Lacy has 51 touches. At the top of the list, the only reason I bring it up is uh, Ravens running back Alex Collins, former hog. Mm -hmm. from Arkansas, 96 touches without a touchdown. That's the longest drought in the NFL this year. All right? Followed by Deontay Foreman, who plays with the uh, Houston Texans. Thomas Rawls. Yep. He was pretty good at one time, wasn't he? He's with the Uh, Seahawks. He's had injury issues for starters. People thought he was good at one time. Shane Marine, Eddie Lacy, Chris Johnson. All right? Speaking that's of, more than was five, good at one time. That's six. So that's your top five. They Rawls tied. was having a huge year until that uh, when he came in to fill by in for way. an injury and then himself got injured. By the way, if your hint to the former Packer would have been former Packer who weighs as much as Martellus Bennett, wow. I would have probably Why you got to go there? Hey, Coach McCarthy, that's enough with the weight jokes. Ooh. Now, all right, so Colin Stroud is uh, 96 touches without. Uh, Melvin Gordon went 219 yeah. touches without <laughs> a, a touchdown. That was all a right? good time. Yeah, I forgot all about Went that. Went a whole season last time I checked, right? Wow. So there you have it, a bonus list. Alex Collins. He was a pretty good college back. He was committed to Wisconsin. And then when Brett left, he went with Brett to Arkansas. <laughs> Out of Florida. Good back. What? A kid decommitted and went somewhere else besides Happens. Wisconsin? Outrage! Outrage. This is ridiculous. Did you watch the Bucks last night? Yeah. I undefeated, watched you quarter. realize they're undefeated. They have not lost they in the history Bledsoe. of the world since they brought well, They're not going to lose Bledsoe. again. Ever. Bledsoe Ever. made two clutch baskets many, late in that game. How many losses do they have here? Like Under Bledsoe? No, no, no. Not for, the, Bledsoe. for the whole season. Uh, they are now 8-6 and six on the season. Okay. so Dynamite. Detroit falls to 10-4. and four. 75. Your guy, Chris Middleton, <laughs> 27 points. You said somebody else besides Giannis. They picked up, yeah, they had, what, 16 black shots? Yeah, yeah, that they, was ridiculous. 16 block shots! They did play some defense. Two away night. from a Bucks okay, record. Na- okay, name everybody who blocked the shot last night quickly. Uh, well, I know Henson. Thon, and Giannis. Giannis. Okay, Freak had four. Come on. Uh, John Henson had to have some. Well, he two. Had, he had a, come yeah, on, that's come it. on. Uh, Snell. Yes, two. Uh, Bledsoe. Yes, two. L- Liggins. Brogdon? Liggins, yes. Uh, yes, we Brogdon won. Thon. We said Brogdon. I mean, I'm did just naming all the players. Yeah, we said Thon. We got them all. Maker had four. Yeah, there you have it. 16. Block shot. I may or may not have been staring at the box. Oh, come on. <laughs> when you're looking at the you were. Oh, I was I was actually doing it off my head. <laughs> what a cheater. What a cheater. Uh, yes. uh, second hour of the show, we'll talk Packers football. Talk Packers Ravens. Tom Silverstein at 715. Travis Wilson will join us to give us a preview of the state playoff games at Camp Randall Stadium today and tomorrow. And that's 745. Jeff Patrikas here. Get us ready for that big game between the Wolverines and the Badgers. So that's coming up on Lucas in the Morning. Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. You saw it's your birthday. Here's Uncle Lukey. 
Thanks, Eddie. A very bad day for birthdays, so we have to try to be a little bit more creative. Um, it failed. But uh, we'll let you be the judge of that. On this date, November 16th, 1990, Millie Vanilli had their Grammy stripped for this song, Girl, You Know It's True. Uh, you want to fill in the blanks? Why Why did they take back the Grammy? Because it turns out they lip-synced uh, the whole song, or all their songs. There was uh, other people who were the musical performers of this. And they... they they weren't the only one. There was during that time period. There were some others that had this issue, but they were certainly the most notable. Wait, the music industry has uh, weird things going on behind the scenes. No way. Uh, remember, what was it? CNC Music Factory. Do you remember that, that group? Um, I'm not going to attempt to do this song because you, you'll know the songs. I'll, I'll dial up a couple for you. They were like um, good vibr, not good vibrations, but some other ones. Anyway, uh, they had in the big video age. A very attractive woman as the presenter, as if she was singing the song, when it was a very different looking woman that actually sang the music, and so they were upset about that. So there was a number that? of those groups. I right, got I'm going to get CNC music. Enough, enough of Millie Vanilli. Uh, on this date, November 16th, 1970. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Do you want Grand Funk released an album called E Pluribus Funk? Now, we don't have anything from that album. Wait, the, do the we? album was called that? Yes. Well, yeah. you tell me during the break. I say, What song do you want of Grand Funk? And he goes, E Pluribus Funk. And I say, well, I said, We album? don't have that in our system. Well, what I mean was by song title. I don't know these things, so I go right to the best song that I know of Grand Funk, this which is, is American Band. Exactly. This is our best yeah. song. That's all right. We're an American band. This is what he plays out in the tree stand. Yeah. By the way, there's a good stand. chance this is on E Pluribus <laughs> Funk. If you just go with American, E Pluribus, all that fun stuff, right? So Plus, when you're when you're in that tree stand singing, you got the gun in one hand, singing. Jim Beam in the other. What <laughs> how, how do you pay attention to the deer? I do, that's why they run away from me most of the time. Uh, C.J. Beathard, 24 today. Last ball game, he was 19 to 25 for 280 yards. Of course, it's disqualified because he was playing against the Giants. You realize they're still playing Beathard over Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes, they're waiting. They're, they're, what are they waiting for? What's the reason to rush him in? They want to get the number one pick uh, overall. Yeah, number one There's pick. no reason to put Garoppolo in right now. They're doing what the Packers are, should be doing right now. Okay, yeah. so on this date, November 16th, 1965, the Rolling Stones made their first appearance on a television show called Hullabaloo, and they sang Get Off My Cloud. Is it really this bad for musical birthdays yeah, today? Yes. I mean, like, that bad? I... I think I, I probably have shared the Rolling Stone story I have. Cash Brown? No, that when they first came over here, one of the places they stopped was in Minnesota at a small dive in Shakopee. 
my dad who grew up in the area, they went into the show. They actually let people in for free at the intermission because people they were so empty in the joint. So they actually saw the Rolling Stones in their first tour. Stones, era. Mick Jagger, best ever, best ever. Uh, one last birthday, he would have been would have been 109 today. Burgess Meredith, favorite role, two of them, the Penguin or Mickey Goldmill. Oh, Mickey, Mickey for sure, Mick, Mick. Don't look here. I don't know. I don't know. You don't what? know. Ro- have you seen any Rocky Balboa movies? Oh my gosh! <laughs> have you seen any Batman? I quit right now. Are you kidding me? Have you seen any Batman you, movies? You've never Not seen the really a Rocky cheesy old movie? Ones. Any of them? No, no Rocky either. Oh my god, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I can't believe it. One hasn't seen Hoosiers, the other hasn't seen Rocky. You I two are un American as a kid. He hasn't seen Hoosiers either. either. Maybe we can work out a deal with the president and send you two to China in exchange for some prisoners over there. <laughs> Oh, my God. I can't believe it. So it probably would do me no good to ask you what was your favorite Batman character. Uh, yeah, not of the old school ones, no. The Joker? Who played the Joker? You know? Well, the re- recent one, I'll go Caesar Heath Ledger. Romero? Oh, yes. That's right. I knew there was somebody. The I Dog Trainer? Know. How about Catwoman? Halle Berry? Julie Newmar? <laughs> no. That's a How about more the Riddler? version of it. The Riddler? Jim Carrey? This is the original. Frank Gorshin. The that Riddler. one, I don't know his name. I don't oh, know his name dudes are so disappointing. At least, Us? Are at you least kidding? Both of you. You haven't both seen Hoosiers, guys. and he hasn't oh, seen Rocky. He's oh. definitely disappointing. That's what you get for a millennial. You build a wall and put your people on the other side. Well, that's what you, oh, sure, now you're going to mock it, right? <laughs> I'm going to throw this pen at your head right uh, now. Brian Posick joins us next. Lucas in the morning. Top of the morning to you, patrons. Welcome to Thursday. Wow! And while we're at it, welcome to Lucas in the morning. Wow, man. All right, it's Thursday. You should know the drill. Today, we're joined by a couple of our friends from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and Chaos Online. Wow, cool. At 7.15, it's Spode. Tom Silverstein. Wow, wow, wow. And at 7.45, the hater. Jeff Patrickus. Hold up a second. I'm getting more breaking news. At 7.30, we'll break down the state championship football games with Travis Wilson of Wissports.net. And then, of course, it always comes down to these two. Welcome to my world. Wow, I can't find a flaw in his logic. It's Rob Vogel and Mike Lucas. <laughs> yeah, what a world. Yeah. Do the math, will you? It's not just two, it's four. Four at the top of the hour. Not only Vogel and me, we have, uh, what do we have over there? We have, I'm a doctor, not a zookeeper. Hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah, we have Brian Posick. Good Hi. morning. Hi, thanks this, for the donut. This segment is sponsored by On Ice Promotions, the area's leader in skill development. On Ice Promotions. I'm going to let you get engaged with that donut because I'm going to play you something right here, all right? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, because Xavier's in town to play the Badgers tonight, 730 yeah. at the Cole Center. We want to formally welcome the Musketeers. Oh, yeah. Uh, dude. <laughs> Come on, doctor. <laughs> we talked about this and everything beforehand. I'm really ready. All right. And Ethan Happ looking and looking. Gets it into Koenig. Right side shooting for the win. Got it! Got it! Watson Koenig at the buzzer. And if it stands, the Badgers will move to Philadelphia. Jalen Reynolds defends for Xavier. Happ looking on the inbounds. Gets it to Koenig. Right side. Elevates for three. And the win! Bring it up! Yes! With K- 
Brunson, 66-63, Brunson gaining off the right baseline, and the Badgers are dancing to the Sweet 16. Here we go, two to go. Trip to the Sweet 16, Katie's got it, rises up, the shot, and it's good! It's good! Wisconsin has won it! How about that? The three voices yeah. involved on that one call, all on site. Yep. Matt LePay. Yep, Badger Sports Network. Daggermeister Wayne Larravee and yep. Brian Westwood Anderson. One, and then that? CBS, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very unique. Very unique. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then they have the so. game end like that. Yeah, and all three sounded uh, genuinely excited for the Wisconsin Badgers while Bill Murray was pouting yes, he was. about his muscles. Larravee's voice cracked a little yes, bit there. Did. The Badgers! And he didn't get a dagger in. I yeah. suppose it's pretty and, tough to, to get a dagger in a shot okay. that, with you time expiring. That out. Please leave. Oh, that I out. love the dagger. The dagger's the that best. That is your dagger. Not there's nothing dagger. better. There's only one no, thing better. There, yeah, there's only, what is? There's only one thing better. No, that's what's oh. better. All right. All right. <laughs> Here comes the judge. That's the only thing better. They're gonna play a dirty <laughs> pool. I'm gonna play yeah, dirty pool. Gosh. Brian, what if I told you right now yeah, that right? you're sitting in between to your right, yeah. one person who's never seen any of the Rocky movies, okay, and yeah. a person to your left yeah. who's not seen Hoosiers? <laughs> I know. I knew about that. Would you Luke. feel right that. now that they yeah. should both be deported to an island where we never have to see them again? Yeah, in the same island. I'd love to go on an island <laughs> yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, you go right ahead, right? All expenses paid. An yeah. island where you Send have me. to watch on a loop those movies. I, I was over amazed and over again. by by Mike because he's a guy that likes theater and plays and what have you. In movies and things. What's that I, have I to do with Hoosiers? Sure. I can't believe. What's that have to do it's with Hoosiers? It's an all-time classic movie. When it plays, movie. has it played on Broadway? No, it has not. Well, when it does, I'll watch it. Do you There's go to probably... movies with your wife? Do you take Peg to the movies? Not very often. No, it's no. Not, okay. Really? Yeah, great. Well, at this right. point, rent you could not only thing, rent it or buy yeah, it. Come on. I, I keep forgetting to bring it in. I own it. Yeah, so I'm going to get him to watch it. you did bring it in. You gave it to me because I haven't watched it. Give it back to me now. Throw it away. thing, would you yeah. But I think it's worse that he's never seen a Rocky movie. Yeah, that's because he's that, had more chances. How many Rocky movies it, were just, made? There's been five? like ninety of just them. Yeah, well, there was the five, one. and then there was see Creed, the first one. Adrian. Oh my God, see that? That's what we get out Adrian. of millennials. Yeah, that's you every Friday night in a deer never stand. Mind. Never mind. Talking. Never mind. Uh, you a hunter? Am I? No, no, I'm not. No, <laughs> no, I'll fish occasionally. Why, why is it that funny not to ask Brian that? Because you you know if someone's a hunter or not. You know my what? All right. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> yeah. no. It means he's never taken time oh. off to go hunting Let's during hunting oh, season. Oh, do you ever get your hands dirty yeah, at all? Ever do any dirty? manual labor? Yeah, sure. That's yeah. what I was referring ever to. I wasn't talking about his manhood. <laughs> 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 I've seen a grown man naked. Getting in Turkish prison. Getting deeper and deeper on that side of the room. That's Good hockey brawl last night between the benches. Yeah, that's fine. I love stuff like that. Boys mixed it up a little bit, didn't they? What happened? It's Detroit and Calgary. They I know it's not, like, it's not like they're major rivals. Really? Yeah, I I don't know. You know, it's funny. I was uh, I was in uh, Tony Granado's office uh, yesterday, and you know he's got all various pictures up. And there was a point when he was with Colorado, and um, uh, Mike Babcock was with Detroit, mm-hmm. and uh, Tony eventually worked for Mike uh, in Detroit. And there's a picture of Tony leaning around the glass that separates the benches, just screaming his head off at Babcock, <laughs> and he's giving it right back that. to him. And it's just oh, I love stuff like when that. when coaches point at each other. Oh on the yeah, respective benches. Oh gosh. Yeah. You got, yeah. Next time you're uh, doing the Tony show next week, right? Uh, no, we're off uh, next week, okay. but when we'll you, do it after Thanksgiving. I've never asked him like his favorite fight that he participated in. His favorite fight? Yeah, okay. because he had a lot of penalty minutes. He had a lot of penalty minutes. I'm sure minutes. He, he, yeah. had to, 
he had to drop and throw it some well, point. Well, a few times, yeah, but it was more, I think, the, the slashing and the Oh, he's kept the know, stick. Checking from behind. Yeah, he was very good with that yeah. stick. Oh, yeah. Well, the Shelly so school of sharpening yeah, exactly. the blade. Well, he was he's small. Exactly. Well, yeah. Relatively had, speaking. Yeah, right, exactly. He had to stand up for himself, so people, he had a stick in his hand. People will meet Tony for the first time and he played hockey? Yeah, I know. He's like one of the nicest people you'll well, ever yeah, that, no, yeah, Plus, yeah. physically, no, he's I not know. at all intimidating. He's still put together, though. He's 50-whatever, and he's still just Oh, and he was solid. tough yeah. on the ice. Like I oh, said, yeah. never yeah. dropped the stick. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Colorado-Detroit, though, they had bad blood for understandable oh, reasons. Yes. Oh, yeah. And that, and that went on. That feud went on for years. Yep. This video from last night, which I recommend everybody go take a yeah. look at, the Detroit guy is challenging every Calgary player on the ice, <laughs> on the bench. He's fighting on his way off. It was ridiculous. It was like he lost his mind. I can I can already go ahead and just throw in the fact that no oh, Detroit was involved, so maybe that's why everybody wanted oh. to punch what, people what in the face. What penguins hate do you have for Detroit? Because Detroit and... sucks. <laughs> there, oh wow, I said it. the JP Red Wings Kedor suck. Coming up okay. next, oh right. great. Yeah. Well, lately, okay. lately, it's the only thing we disagree on. But they do have a little bit of history in Detroit. Yeah, they've well, yeah, been they, successful they in Stanley Detroit. There, yeah. Oh, what the Red Are Wings? We ignoring that? Oh, the Red Wings? You're saying? Yeah, they've been. No, successful. the Pistons. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Oh, well, they were successful. Too. They were successful. Well, I mean, I do oh, want to sorry. mention that you know, I believe the last uh, let's see Stanley Cup they were in. I want to say they they lost to the Penguins. Is that right? Yeah, oh, man. probably right. Yeah, is he giving you as big a headache as he's giving you, me? Usually, today? usually. Yeah. Now you two yeah. both travel a lot for covering the teams. You right, it, it's a little different in the college ranks than the pros. Yeah, but I'm fascinated by this article. The Cavaliers have won three games in a row now. Right. They've got a new travel plan, and I've always wondered why teams didn't do this. They play a game in a you know in a town on a given night. Spend the they night. stay that night yeah. now and don't travel the next day. Instead of what has long been the tradition of teams and get on the plane that get night out. and travel and right. get in at four or five in the morning, some awful hour. How's it working it for them? What's they've their won, record? They've won three in a row since they, did, since they went to this. Well, they've yeah. done three in a row. So if they don't yeah. play the next night, yeah. they will stay on a road trip Collegi- and, and leave the next yeah, afternoon. Collegiately, you can't do it though. You just right. you can't no. because but you're leaving the day before, and then you you have to come back because you used to do it in hockey all the time, the, the long yeah. hockey trips, Thursday yeah. through Sunday. Right, right. Thank oh, goodness. They led to a lot of playtime. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Brian. we got to get out of here. Why don't you play the background music? Oh, yeah, well, you know, I, I thought we stage. were getting to a little list here, but, uh, you know. List. That's Friday. Friday. We oh, yeah, had it's Friday for me. That's right. That's why oh, I was waiting. God. I told man, you. I man. told you my headspace is gonna be. I, I'm gonna go home today. and get the Rocky movies. I have those too. I'll get those for you. You know what day Take it is? On a trip. Apparently, it's Thursday. Who knew? God, I'm so <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, dear beware, dear <laughs> beware. My goodness, how would you like to be anyone near him in that tree? I want to be in the woods. I don't because I couldn't sit and turn and talk to him about Hoosiers or Rocky at any point in the hours on end. We'd be out in the woods. Oh, not talking to Rob? <laughs> what a shame there that would go. be. Oh my God, well, we'll ridiculous. be talking about It'll Packers football next. <laughs> Packers Ravens, Tom Silverstein from the Wonky Journal Sentinel joins us on Lucas in the Morning. Play an uncommon opponent this deep into the season, it's a bigger challenge. So, um, you know, this is going to be a heck of a game. They're, they're a heavy scheme team. I mean, they do a lot of game plan by opponent weekly. So you see a lot of different things on video, both their offense and defense. So that's really what, our, what we're focused on. Coach Mack, Mike McCarthy, talking about Sunday's opponent. Baltimore Ravens joining us now from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Tom Silverstein. Good morning. How you doing? Everything's peachy. Everything's peachy. All right. Tell me something I don't know about the Ravens. Wow. <laughs> Pretty much everything. Um, I would say that, uh, for one, they're really good 
against the pass, and they yet they have some weaknesses at safety. That's probably where you got to try to make some hay against them. They've they've invested a ton of money in their secondary, but their safeties, Eric Weddle and Tony Jefferson, are kind of up and down. I like Weddle. Weddle's been a great pro, hasn't he? Yeah, he has, but he's towards the end of his career. Okay. And, you know, both of them are are just kind of, they've been a little bit shaky this year. You know, their corners, Jimmy Smith is really good, and he, but he's battling an Achilles injury, and Brandon Carr is making a ton of money, but has been up and down as well. So, you know, Hundley's got a chance to do some, do some stuff there. They, they'll play consistently and then all of a sudden give up some big plays. What about on the uh, the other side of the ball? It didn't seem like it was that long ago that the debate was, is Joe Flacco elite? You know, he won a Super or Bowl. Overrated. Or, or overrated. Exactly. Or overrated, exactly. He, he won yeah. a Super Bowl, but He's offensively. a lot of interceptions this year. Yeah. And, and they, they have to put some pressure, and they've got to they gotta get their hands on a couple of passes. One way or another, they got to turn the ball over against him uh he, he's he's apt to do that you know he's got some really fast receivers and he's a good deep ball thrower but you gotta you gotta pick him off you know at least once during this game and and that'll be that'll be key whether they can get a couple turnovers so answer the question is flacco elite or overrated uh i don't think he's elite uh I think he hit it perfectly. You know, he had his best year, the year he was a free agent. I think he was a free agent, but he hit it when they were when they um, won the Super Bowl. You know, he just got red hot, and he's not really been the same guy since then. On the uh, on the for the Packers offense, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, much has been talked about and written this week about Brett Hundley and his relationship or rapport on the field with Devontae Adams. Why has that connection seemed to, to click for the two of them, maybe versus any of the other receivers, uh, of having that maybe go-to type bond? Probably because Devontae Adams is the best receiver they have. Uh, you know, you, you go to the best guy you've got, and Devontae Adams is, uh, you know, he's emerging as the number one receiver. Well, he is the number one receiver now. And so he he can he can make some plays. He he can get deep. He can he he's really good with guy you know with uh, on contested passes with guys all around him. He can make plays. So that's really that's really the bottom line is that he's the best guy that they got right now. Hey, spoon by the sounds of it, some of the comments from the the locker room, um, the Green Bay players have not yet gotten rid of some of the negativity that they feel for Martellus Bennett. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I think I think they uh, they recognize what it what it is. I mean, I don't think they they haven't gotten to the point where um, you know they're calling him a fraud or a quitter or anything like that. It, it's just you know, so they they use a lot of innuend- innuendo and defend McKenzie, which is what they were doing again. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure there's there's some animosity, but I don't really think it's like a, a subject that comes up a lot around okay. the locker room. 
I think when they get asked about it, they say what's on their mind. But I don't get the sense that there's guys all around going, oh, what a jerk, you know, he left us. And I, I actually think there's some guys who are like, you know, he, he, he played the system. You know, that's what you got to do when you're, uh, you know, when your career is really short and there's money to be made. You know, you play the system the best you can. Did you witness Aaron Rodgers taking a snap from a trainer and throwing that towel with a great deal of velocity? I, I did. I was there for it all. <laughs> and how, how would you how would you describe what you saw? I would describe it as um, exactly what he would be doing and what any person would be doing who's rehabbing from shoulder surgery. You know, he, he's they're They're getting his shoulder moving again. It's natural part of the rehab. They're trying to um, get the muscles worked again. You know, he's been stagnant for three, four, three or four weeks. Uh, I don't know what he's done, you know, the last week in terms of rehab, but you know, they're trying to get the full range of motion back, and he's got to build back all those muscles in there. And, and you know, it's been four weeks now, so there's been a significant amount of healing. But now it's time to work it back and try to get his arm back in shape. Can that, long, that, can that trainer long snap? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, the equivalent of it was probably like, you remember when you used to play tag football and, you know, you'd hold the ball down on the ground. Oh, yeah. Flip it over to the guy. That's pretty much what he was doing. So on the, the, the Packers' pass. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have to get at least nine wins, as Mike has it here for them. Do you put this game against Baltimore, looking at what they have in their schedule and knowing where Aaron Rodgers in his rehab as a must-win type of game to get to nine wins if they're going to have that chance? Yeah, yeah. They, they have to win. They have to win all the winnable games. They have to beat Baltimore. They have to beat Tampa. They got to beat Cleveland. You know, Pittsburgh is going to be next to impossible to win there, uh, and um, Carolina is going to be next to impossible. But they could to win. Be, they could but, beat the Vikings in Lambeau. They could beat them. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's possible. Anything when Sam Bradford possible. makes his triumphant return, <laughs> no. along with Fran yeah. Tarkenton, no Joe Cap. Yeah, <laughs> maybe Joe Webb is still around. Yes, oh. there we go. Of course. So, how do you see uh, Sunday's yeah. game turning out? Uh, I think I think I still like Baltimore. I, I whoa, they they uh, coming off a bye. They, they're a tough team, really tough team, and they play great special teams. They have a great kicking game. Uh, I think this is going to be a tough one for the Packers. All right, well, tell Zucker to get his guys ready. <laughs> I will. I Thanks, will. Spoon. Have a good weekend. Okay. Thanks, See you Tom. Later. Tom Silverstein, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We'll talk with his colleague, Jeff Patrikas, in about 15 minutes or so. We'll get you ready for the Wolverines and the Badgers. We'll also talk about tonight's basketball game against Xavier. But when we come back, state playoffs, high school football, Camp Randall Stadium, 
crappy weather. They all go together, don't they? <laughs> uh, Travis Wilson from Wisports.net will join us on Lucas in the Morning. Joining us now on Lucas in the Morning is Travis Wilson from Wisports.net. Good morning, Travis. How you doing? I'm doing good, guys. You got to be all excited. This is a big part of you and what you do. Playoffs, Camp Randall. Uh, I'm interested more in tomorrow's schedule and card, but tell me why I should be interested in today's games. Give me a few reason, reasons, well, Any few, anything you can think of. Yeah, there's a few storylines to follow today. Uh, in the Division Seven game, right off the bat, we've got two undefeated teams that have been extremely dominant this season, both in the top five in scoring in the state, both in the top three in rushing, uh, both allow uh, less than 100 yards per game. So something's got to give in that game. Uh, in Division Five today, we have uh, a team Amherst going for a three-peat in Division Five. Uh, you know, it's not that common that you see teams win three state titles in a row. And then in Division Four, uh, we've got a local team with Modi going for their first state title. They were here a couple years ago. They're matched up with the defending champion St. Croix Central Panthers. So a few of the storylines to watch today in the early going. Travis, between the the two days, as I look at all the the matchups for all the division, the seven different uh, divisions, you mentioned teams going for three piece. We've got Kimberly that hasn't lost seemingly since the nineteen eighties. Uh, Sun Prairie has been a, a force in Division One. Wanakee, they've been a force in Division Two. Fondy, St. Mary Springs, a, a lot of teams that we've seen over and over again with Blackhawk. Are we in that kind of run where the you know certain programs seem to be dominating certain divisions year after year for uh, quite some time now? Certainly does seem that way, and that's uh, not a not a mistake, and that's not by accident. Uh, you look at these programs, and each and every one of them, uh, it starts with the coaching, uh, with the head coach, uh, from you know, including the, the coaching staff, the assistants, the community buy-in. It's not a coincidence that we're seeing a lot of the same teams at Camp Randall over and over this year and in recent seasons. Uh, you know, the, the coaching aspect and, and the community involvement aspect in high school sports are so important, especially in football. And that's why you see a lot of these powerhouse programs back at Camp Randall year after year. Well, considering Tyler Bionich and Garrett Groshek are playing for the Badgers, what is the strength of that Amherst program that allows it to be successful year after year? Well, it starts with Mark Lusick, their head coach, came over a few years ago to a program that had uh, never experienced postseason success. And beginning in, I think it was about 2010, 2011, is where they started this run. Uh, where they have now been in five state championships in the last six years, four straight, and going for the third consecutive state championship. You know, it's been a, a, a total and complete buy-in uh, from the weight room, especially uh, to the off-season workouts, to just the mindset and the dedication of the players. It's been incre- incredibly impressive to see, and, and again, that's a huge credit to uh, he and his staff, the players, and everybody involved. In Division Two, Wanakee back uh, in the state championship game for the ninth time under Pat Rice, who's just had an amazing record and run uh, there with the Warriors. Their closest game this year, uh, 28-7, to I-, I believe. They've got a Dane at running back, uh, so they've got some name recognition there as well. How good is this team, from what you've seen of the Warriors, maybe compared to some of other Pat Rice's teams that he's brought to Camp Randall? Uh, they're right up there. Uh, they're every bit as talented individually, and uh, they've opened up the offense a little bit this year, switched to a high-tempo spread attack. Um, the, the tough thing in terms of comparison, like you said, they really haven't been challenged this year. So 
they played some good teams in the playoffs. The, the regular season schedule wasn't that strong. The Badger North was down a little bit. Uh, but we'll find out today. I mean, Brookfield Central uh, is, is every bit as good as Wanakee. Their defense is outstanding. They have multiple Division One players. Uh, so we'll find out a lot in the uh, Division Two state championship game. But it is pretty rare for a team to go pretty much unchallenged all the way to a state title game, especially in a larger division like D2. We're talking with Travis Wilson from WISSports.net. What are the odds that Sun Prairie could pull the upset and beat a Kimberly team that's won 69 consecutive games? Uh, I certainly think it's possible. And the, the big thing that's impressed me about Sun Prairie this year, and, and I think the, the reason that it could happen, is the defense that the uh, Cardinals have. They've got Division One players at every level. Uh, on the defensive line, Josh Dinga, uh, Marty Stryat, linebacker, who's a preferred walk-on commit to Wisconsin, Caden Coppinen in the, in the defensive secondary, some other outstanding players along the way. Uh, their offense has been very well balanced, uh, passing and running the football. They are very good on special teams with Alex Oakley. So they've got the ingredients in place. The, the tough thing is we've seen some very good teams give Kimberly runs over the last couple of years, but the papermakers always have found a way to get it done. And as my, uh, my Football Friday Night co-host Bill Johnson likes to say, if you're going to beat Kimberly, you better do it by two scores because they have shown that they will find a way to get it done uh, if they have a chance at the end to either get a score or, or stop the other team. Um, it's been impressive to see the, the way that they've won some close games. So some Prairie, they're going to have to uh, to get it done and get it done early against Kimberly. Who's the best player we're going to see in Camp Randall in the next two days? Uh, you know, Boyd Dietzen from Kimberly. He's a Wisconsin commit, a defensive lineman, uh, state player of the year on defense. Uh, right up there, J.B. and Bain, the running back uh, from Wanakee, recently picked up his first D1 offer from Boston College, who... Uh, by the way, the connection there, Brian White is the running backs coach at, uh, at BC. And, of course, he was the uh, assistant coach, offensive coordinator when Ron Dane was there. So those two guys will be right up there. Uh, but there's really some outstanding talent up and down the board across all the divisions. Is that Dietzen's younger brother, John Dietzen's younger brother? Uh, no, nope. Uh, okay. I believe they may be cousins of Got some it. kind, but uh, not, not brothers. Got it. So if you mentioned if Sun Prairie, it would be an upset if they beat Kimberly. Uh, Brookfield Central and Wanakee looks like a really good matchup in D2. Either of those, or is there another game where you think, all right, this matchup is not going to be a blowout. This should be right down to the final quarter, maybe the final possession of the game as a great battle here in any of these seven divisions. I think those two biggest ones, uh, D1 and D2, I think could be outstanding. Uh, Division 7, as I mentioned, Bangor and Blackhawk, uh, just two dominant teams, and, and it'll be interesting to see or what gives in that matchup. Uh, overall, I think it, it should be a more competitive state championship uh, week than what we've seen maybe in the past where you know a lot of times there's a couple blowouts, a few games decided by multiple scores. But I see a lot of these games being pretty close at Camp Randall this week. Travis, one last thought quickly. Uh, how good of a college player will Tyler Hero be? He'll be very good. And, uh, you know, obviously a lot of folks in Madison aren't very happy. Uh, but... Uh, there's a reason that he you know, got all the attention that he did, that he's climbed up the rankings, and uh, a reason that he's going to Kentucky. So he's uh, one of the best scorers, most talented overall scorers that we've seen in quite some time in the state of Wisconsin. Does he compare with Sam Decker? Uh, yeah, in terms of rankings and potential and things like that, I think absolutely. Okay, thanks for joining us this morning. Enjoy yourself over the next couple of days at the camp. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Travis. He'll be on just about every local radio broadcast covering each of the seven divisions over the next two days. And when we come back, we'll be joined by Jeff Patrikas from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel right here on Lucas in the Morning. In the back water,
attention to detail, like blocking out, you know, making sure that we're strong with the ball because they're going to get those long arms in our passing lanes and try to get deflections and steals. So we've got to be real sure with the ball. We got to be solid with everything we do on both sides of the ball and, you know, make sure we uh, negate that length and size. That's Wisconsin assistant coach Howard Moore talking about the keys for success against Xavier. Joining us now from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Jeff Patrikas. Good morning, Jeff. Gentlemen, what's going on? Kind of a quiet week for UW Athletics, eh? Yes, very <laughs> quiet. Well, what do you anticipate that people will be seeing tonight at the Kohl Center? Uh, uh, well, Blewett is one of the best shooters in the country right now for Xavier, and I'm guessing, I'm assuming that Khalil Iverson will get that defensive assignment since he's become the defensive stopper, the designated stopper. So that'll be a, an intriguing battle. And I, I, I think back to what Greg guard said after the last game where he said he wanted to see his team be more physical defensively to impose its will more defensively and that's going to be key tonight because they're going up against a physical athletic team and if they don't do um, what he wants to, to see them do I think they're going to give up a lot of points. Jeff from what you've seen so far uh, for uh, the freshmen like King and Davidson who've come in and you know put up some big numbers and some eye-popping highlights uh, in the in the exhibition play What's been the difference for them from those games to the regular season where maybe the numbers haven't been as gaudy? Is it, is it physicality? Is it something else for you when you've seen it as a difference? I don't think it's them at all. I think this is a team, and they've talked about it from the beginning of the year, that on some nights it'll be Hap. On some nights it might be King. On some nights it might be Iverson, like the other night when he was very aggressive offensively. Uh, Pritzel's going to score for you. They're, they're going to have a bunch of different guys who are going to contribute on different nights. Probably the most the one constant you would probably think would be Hap. But when teams double him, if they try to give him extra attention, he's going to kick it, and they've got guys who can score. So I don't think they're worried at all about who's scoring because it's going to come from different places, and that's going to make them a stronger team. We're talking with Jeff Patrikas from Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Let's swing over to Badger football against the Wolverines. What's going to be the biggest challenge for the offense against that Michigan defense? Oh Well, it's going to be... I'm writing about it for Saturday, and that's, I talked to several of the offensive linemen who just acknowledged that Michigan just beat them up last year. They, just, they won the line of scrimmage. Wisconsin couldn't run the ball. They couldn't sustain drives. Um, they had 13 full possessions. You had one um, scoring drive, and that came after a turnover. And their longest drive that they held the ball was like nine plays for 37 yards. That was their first one. They couldn't sustain anything. And that, that is the challenge for that unit this week. If they don't move the ball it's going to be tougher than the win. Jeff, can they handle the speed of uh, the Wolverines, especially when they try to bring pressure on Alex Horningbrook? I think that's going to be one of the keys for, for pass pro, and, and I think this is going to be Michael Dieter's toughest test because, you know, he's talked about the transition to left tackle, and, and he's done a solid job so far, but Michigan's got guys who can come, you know, whether it's the down linemen or linebackers who can come flying off the edge now. That's a high-risk defense. They're, they're going to go after you, but that leaves them vulnerable to some things. If you can catch them in a blitz, if you can, maybe it's a screenplay, maybe it's a quick throw to the outside, um, just something to catch them and, and turn that into a big hit. Jeff, you brought up last year's game with the Badgers uh, lost in Ann Arbor uh, to Michigan. Obviously, the Badgers already have a lot of motivation, a lot at stake uh, this week uh, with where they're at uh, for both chances to play for a Big Ten title and for uh, the college football playoff. But how much is a motivating factor for them what happened last year? Maybe revenge is too strong a word, but just not being able to get the win in what was a close game last year against the Wolverines. 
I don't know if it's the loss so much as the way it's, it happened. And, you know, I talked to T.J. Edwards when we talked about the offense. The flip side of that is the defense, they gave up 14 points. Michigan was averaging 52 points a game coming in. Well, you talk to T.J. Edwards, and he's upset how the defense played. And Garrett Dooley said the same thing, where Michigan was set a physical tone early. They were able to possess the ball. Remember, they missed three field goals. So if they hit a couple of those, it's not a 14-7 to game. It's a, it's a double-digit game. Mm-hmm. Now, they did a good job keeping out of the end zone, but the defense was not happy that they let Michigan possess the ball. They ran about 23 more plays in Wisconsin, had a time possession edge about 14, 15 minutes. That can't happen. That, 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 that's the chore of the defense. They said they cannot let that happen. They've got to set the tone as they did against Iowa. Wolverines are working on the third different starting quarterback, Brandon Peters, highly, highly touted recruit. Uh, it seems to me, Jeff, that he's been pretty, uh, pretty conservative, uh, Jim Harbaugh, as far as what he wants to do with Peters. How do you see that? Absolutely. I mean, their, their last three games, uh, Rutgers, Minnesota, and Maryland, they've decided we're going to run the ball, we're going to run the ball, we're going to run the ball, we're going to rely on our defense. And when we get in, in easy situations to give that kid conservative throws, we're going to do that. And it's worked. I mean, they've, they have it's 10 yards to carry against Minnesota. I mean, I think they've run for 865 yards and I want to say about 10 or 11 touchdowns in the last three games. So my guess is that's going to be their game plan against Wisconsin. And if they can execute it, they're going to walk away with a victory. If they can't, as Jim Leonard said, then you, then you make Peters try to make decisive plays, and then Wisconsin can get after them because that offensive line has had trouble pass blocking this year. You think special teams will be a factor? They usually are late in the season, not knowing what the weather conditions are going to be like Saturday at the camp. It, it could be. Michigan's kicker, I think, has missed. He got off a really hot start, missed his last three. Uh, Gaglione has been solid all year. I think it might be more punting and kickoff in terms of field position, though. So with all these different matchups and the interesting storylines going in, who have you got winning on Saturday and why? I think Wisconsin will win by about three to four points because they're the better team. Yeah, the one thing about Michigan I'm not quite clear on yet is how good the Wolverines are. Their defense is good. Uh, their, their offense, though, the ability to run the ball has taken the pressure off the quarterback. But if they can't run the ball, that offensive line has had problems protecting passers. And it's had problems picking up some different, I don't want to say blitzes, but stunts and twists, and Wisconsin's good at that. You get them in, in tough third and longs, in obvious passing situations, I think you're going to do some damage against the quarterback. And the, and the one thing that we can't forget here is that they had to replace all but one starter on defense, uh, which is a pretty uh, significant transition, and they didn't have Wilton Spate uh, for the entire season. And Harbaugh likes Spate. Whether anybody else does, he does. And he's begun practicing again, but I don't know that they'll have him anytime soon. Well, if you look at back, I mean, they ran the ball effectively against Wisconsin last year, but Spade hit some big throws, especially on their first scoring drive. And then he had the long touchdown pass that was the game-winning throw to Darbo. So he made some big plays in that game, and, and not having him makes a difference. Jeff, thank you. We'll see you at Camp Randall on Saturday. We'll see you tonight. Right, talk, we'll see you tonight at the Gold Center. What am I talking well. about? Okay. Later. Thanks, Jeff. Everything's falling on top of everything else. The, the overlap of the seasons, right? Got to keep it straight where you're at, what building you're in, what team you're covering. straight from Rocky. <laughs> oh, let's not relive that. That's We're doing this again. Already huh? sticking yeah. in my brain. This Last is call next Don Lucas in the morning. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Last call. A little star power tonight at the Cole Center with Trayvon Blewett, a 6'6 senior guard out of Indianapolis for his savior. Scored 25 and 26 points in their first two games. Had 41. 40 points last year against Cincinnati. 
Uh, Ethan Happ for the Badgers. I wrote a little thing this week, advanced tonight's game. I found out that Ethan's got a regulation basket and backboard in his studio apartment. And uh, he has just enough room. He has 13-foot ceiling, so he has just enough room to shoot jump hooks in the morning and at night. Now, how many how many people <laughs> set up a regulation 10-foot basket? He said it was at, it could be 10-1 because he had trouble pounding in the statue. You know, it's on one of those bases that right. you see on everybody's driveway around the state. Oh, boy. Pretty unique, huh? I, yeah, that's, that that's be nice. for yeah. sure. You know, There's, he's only got about two to three feet room or clearance, so it's not like he can step out and take any jumpers, all right, or shoot free throws. But he's just he works. Maybe that's on his why he's not taking hooks. him in games because he's not getting practice at home. So it's like a football game at Wrigley Field where they had no room in the end zones and you could run right into the wall. You've only got certain spots that you can go to. Everybody's driveway hoop has one of those unique well, features, doesn't it? Well, he said his apartment is over a garage, so. Yeah. You can dribble a little bit, and, and nobody's complaining. None of the neighbors are complaining. Speaking of which, there's a video out there to see of the Harlem Globetrotters. One of the trotters promoting the fact that they'd be playing December, I think, 26th up in Green Bay at the Rush Center. He's shooting from different spots at Lambeau Who's Field. Who's shooting? The trotter, the Harlem Globetrotter, shooting, shooting the basketball. basketball and dribbling around Lambeau Field and trying to make trick shots on a portable You're taking hoop. your kid to see him? Every kid should go to see the I, Trotters uh, I've once. taken this. This year we'll go again. It'll be about the fifth oh, or sixth really? year in a row. Yeah. He enjoys it? He loves it. That's his favorite there, Oh, well, let's ask the millennial. Have you ever seen the Harlem Globetrotter? I have. Uh, just a couple oh, years ago. Oh, no! Oh, thank goodness you've seen that. Be safe in the woods, bearded one. Will do. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Lucas in the Morning. Dan Patrick's next. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.